and Sleeper me, the Warriors, the Miami Heat. Yeah, so thank you so much, you guys, for joining me again. I was your host, Vanessa Lidgard, here on 88.3 FM Ann Arbor. Thank you so much for listening to the Daily Sports Report. We will see you tomorrow at the same time. And as always, go blue. Well, uh, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. The show is Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And, uh, well, jeez, we have a confession, a retraction, a a lot of confusion, and uh, not surprising, uh, this meltdown... I think continues unabated. I, I yeah. don't understand why the president would sort of insult Nancy Pelosi to her face in front of witnesses at a meeting. I mean, it's just talking a, about that photo. Uh, it's, it's a minor thing, but uh, to uh, characterize her as storming out of the meeting is false. She just said, I'm not going to be talked to like that. So, uh, yeah, it's just uh, remarkable. Well, there's the old saying that the wheels are coming off. I think where we are presently is that the wheels are off. The controlled skid is over. And this is the beginning of the rollover phase. Uh, this vehicle is headed towards the ditch, people. And I, I think not only Mick Mulvaney's bizarre performance. Mr. Peabody. Uh, last week at the podium. <clears throat> Uh, of course, followed up quickly by his, like, an hour later attempted retraction. Uh, I don't know if you saw the clip of him uh, trying to uh, make it all nice again on the weekend chat shows. No, I missed it, but I, uh, I heard but about he, it. He and Pompeo both uh, uh, swimming in flop sweat. 
Yeah. And uh, these are all the president's men. And, uh, or what's left of them. Right. And, and of course, to me, as this uh, inquiry continues in the House Intelligence Committee, the basic narrative of what really happened, I think, is becoming pretty clear. Uh, let's face facts. All of this mischief started after uh, John Kelly, General John Kelly, who had been the chief of staff and... Uh, Defense Secretary Jim Mattis left the White House in December, and since then it's been amateurs uh, running things, and Rudy Giuliani is all over the map. He's and, uh, off his meds or something. He's, uh, he's crazy. <coughs> Obviously, this all got going with the whistleblower call because I, I or, or letter because I think it's important to remember that there's kind of two periods here there's the the events that led up to the phone call and then there's a little gap in the uh, chronology and then the whistleblower complaint and it's quite clear to me that this bizarre phrase quid pro quo I mean I never knew so many Trump administration officials spoke Latin <laughs> I mean quid pro quo is kind of a Kind of well, a written thing, really. <laughs> well, it's, think it's, about it. It's yeah, not, it's a legal term. It's not it a. It's not a. You know, uh, uh, a colloquialism or no. a standard expression. What's funny about the quid pro quo, though, is that a lot of these, I'll call them morons, uh, seem to assume, which is always a danger, that simply because the term itself was not used. That the concept was not employed, right? It's it's irrelevant to, about. It's, the it's term. irrelevant. Yeah. yeah, the term is a descriptor in legal discourse. The phrase in question is, "We need you to do us a favor, though." Something for something. That's the quid pro quo. I mean, this it's for it's, that. This that for that. This. We need. Oh yes, we'd like to do that, but we need this. It's a conditional expression there. Is the quid pro quo? Uh, I thought Pompeo was number one in his class. A two, Brutus? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it's laughable watching this because uh, Sondland, of course, comes up with this phrase in one of the text messages. Uh, but he uses this other word a couple of times called the deliverable. The deliverable. Hmm. And you go, okay, well, we know what he's talking about there, the deliverable. Uh, there were two. Uh, sort of prerequisites that Zelensky had to um, fulfill before he was going to get a meeting with Trump. It's been pretty much established beyond any reasonable doubt that Trump withheld the aid. And Mulvaney, Mulvaney is complicit in that as well. Admitted He's it. the OMB. And the thing that's so funny about this admission is it comes right in the context of Mulvaney coming out, and he hasn't given a lot of press conferences, to my knowledge. No. Uh, he's sort of like a a mole that, that works behind the curtains. And, uh, by the way, there were reports that he was leaving uh, the White House. His original position uh, in the Trump administration was director of OMB. Office Management and Budget. So he's a budget guy. Yeah. And that's the guy who cuts the checks. Yeah. So he knew. He's in on it. And believe it or not, I mean, in Congress, he was known as a deficit hawk. So he's sort of up to his uh, way over his head. He's over his head in 
the Trump uh, machinations and de- Trump's op- operations. But it's fascinating that when he came out to meet the media, what he was doing was announcing the Doral um, G7. Itself a bizarre yeah. uh, proposition. That- Since retracted, apparently only at the advice of uh, some moderate Republicans that Mulvaney met with over the weekend. Right. In other words, we don't have enough problems with impeachment. Let's create an, an, a blatant impeachable offense. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just remarkable, this trial balloon. Uh, you always have to pay attention with Trump and trial balloons because he throws those out all the time. Some of them are uh, wackadoodle stuff. Some of them are just distractions. Of course, during this interregnum period between the whistleblower letter, something that I began reading uh, in much greater detail uh, this weekend uh, in terms of establishing the dates. Um, And, you know, it's just remarkable uh, watching the unfolding of Giuliani and Trump's actions between January and the time of the call. Um, And, of course, reviewing the call in and of itself is still fascinating because... Trump keeps invoking Giuliani and my attorney general, William Barr. Well, he's sort of dropped off the face of the earth recently. Yeah, I think Barr's uh, hiding under rocks, perhaps. Um, I don't know. But this this whole G7 thing was was really strange to begin with because Florida in June, especially southern Florida, is not a very happy place to be. I don't even know that anybody could play golf. It can be exceedingly muggy and buggy. and Well, it's also a matter of public record that that particular property is uh, faring poorly. Yes. That it is uh, running at deficits, basically. Losing money. Losing money. Uh, it's, an, it's another classic uh, Trump uh, real estate boondoggle. Of major proportions. And, you know, remember, of course, that the Doral Open, which used to be an event on the PGA uh, circuit, the professional golfers, uh, male golfers, played at the Doral Open. That's what it was called. It was canceled in 2016 due to Trump's uh, racist ravings and was moved, ironically, to Mexico City. With the with the PGA kind of giving him a little gut punch, um, would that the Republican Party had as much spine as the PGA? And of course, you know, there's all this other bizarre stuff. Uh, we it we discover that uh, Trump's main trade advisor uh, Navarro was using a name, a made up name for his books, Ron Vara. <laughs> which is some professor down in Australia figured out was actually Navarro. So he's quoting this fictitious character who he calls a friend of his who was a Gulf War veteran uh, to use all these derogatory comments about China in his trade books that he'd been writing for many years. This stuff just keeps snowballing. The corruption, the deceptions, it's, it's uh, remarkable. And, of course, Trump is in the middle of trying to find a scapegoat for uh, all of this, but uh, never looking at himself in the mirror. 
Um, so the, the investigation is going to continue. The highlight of this week, I believe, is uh, the actual Ukrainian professional ambassador, a man named Mr. Taylor. Testifies and tomorrow, I believe, in front of the Intelligence Committee. He's yet another person that's simply not going to fall on his sword. Uh, Sondland was sort of the star witness last week. Uh, obviously, these are um, <clears throat> closed-door hearings at the moment. Schiff says the transcripts will be released. Yeah, and and the Republicans are making up a red herring saying, well, these are all uh, being held in secret. Well, I don't care whether they're That's held in secret. That's how grand juries perform, and this yeah. is the function of the House of Representatives uh, in an investigation of an impeachment proceedings, is to perform the uh, fact-gathering uh, function of a grand jury. And then suddenly, Rick Perry announces that he's resigning. He's a three amigos! Rica! He's one of the three amigos. Uh, Rica, Rica, Rica! It's fascinating, by the way, when you read the chronology of the events that... Uh, I want to spend more time with my family. Well, he said that, of course, but <laughs> it's fascinating to realize that um, uh, Trump called off Mike Pence. Mike Pence was originally going to be part of the head uh, of the delegation that went was going to go to the inauguration for Zelensky. Mm -hmm. And Trump uh, pulled Pence away for reasons that remain unclear and inserted Rick Perry as the head of the American delegation. Um, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin uh, was also part of that delegation, and he had a kind of a meltdown on national television a couple of weeks ago as part of the Ukrainian. Nobody expects the Ukrainian Inquisition! <laughs> well, it's remarkable to think that this has only been going on for one month. I yeah. remember uh, on the 20th of September, it was a very unusually warm day, and I went up to the uh, the climate change. Uh, um, it wasn't a protest. It was a gathering. And boy, have we had protests around the world over the weekend. Great Britain, mm -hmm. Lebanon, Chile uh, <laughs> burned... Uh, their transportation system down. I mean, some of these are turning into riots. And, of course, at the heart of a lot of these, quote, protests are not really political issues. They're, they're economic issues. Right. And I would argue that even the Hong Kong protests have an element of that. But, yeah, it was amazing on the 20th of September, that was the day the story broke, that there was a whistleblower. And then the amazing unraveling of events since uh, is, is is actually breathtaking. Uh, it's hard to keep up with in, in many ways. There's lots of documents. There's, you know, hearings that we haven't seen the, the testimony from, but we eventually will. Um, and I would argue, by the way, that with Trump, the timing of the phone call is critical. He didn't read the Mueller report. He tweeted something that morning. No collusion, no obstruction. <laughs> if only Richard Nixon could have narrated his tweets. Well, in fact, wasn't the very next day wasn't, he, wasn't the phone call the day after yes, Mueller's uh, testimony? Uh, testimony, and which of course he denounced as very weak. That took four months, right? Um, 
you know, it, it's it's not after like Barr had put his spin. Uh, yeah, his editorial analysis. His. <laughs> I, I I mean, you know, when you look at the uh, contradictions between Barr's uh, revelations versus what's actually in the Mueller report, uh, it's it's rather remarkable. It shows that William Barr is not an honest man. So. Uh, Mueller testified, and of course the media was interested in the fact that he he looked tired and wasn't mm. the dynamic Robert Mueller of nineteen of two thousand and eight or whatever. Because um, of course he, he he did work in the Bush administration for a long time. Yep, took over the FBI job by the way uh, right around nine eleven. I mean literally, mm. like, like within days. Um, so he's an experienced uh, investigator who acted like a professional and kept his cards close to his 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 uh, chest and listened to insult after insult. And, you know, I think they documented that Trump said witch hunt uh, uh, 180 times. And, of course, when it was announced that uh, the, the House was going to expand the inquiry into other matters beyond <coughs> Russia— um, Trump immediately began screaming about a witch hunt. These, they want a do-over. Are, the, are these Ukrainian witches or Russian witches? Which witch is it? Um, well, the irony is that stuff. the Mueller report, with all of its exhaustive detail, and if listeners haven't looked at it yet you know you don't need to read the whole thing just pick it up and open it at random yeah um whether you're looking at volume one or volume two there's plenty there that's very bad uh all of that is merely a prelude and uh a footnote if you will to the uh current situation the the democrats pursuing impeachment in the house don't even need the Mueller report to proceed with impeachment for abuse of power. But they can point to it and say, oh yeah, and then there's this history of obstructive behavior and willingness to uh, uh, shrug and be indifferent to the attempts by a foreign power to maneuver and manipulate in an American election. Uh, but that's not even necessarily part of the charge. Yeah, and what, what's also, of course, interesting is um, it was reported on the 11th of January, and unfortunately I do not have the front of this article with me at the moment. Uh, this is a front-page story, but the headline is Prosecutors Examining Ukrainians Who Went to Trump's Inauguration. Of which there were many. In fact, at the yes. time it was noted, gee, this is really unusual. Why are there so many Ukrainians uh, at this party? And they're, of course, they're linked to the oligarchs. So the Manafort, Manafort connections, yeah. And all that. And this is part of the ongoing investigation that led to a big, some big chunks of the first volume of the Mueller report being redacted uh, temporarily. The excuse that Barr gave is, well, we have ongoing um, and further investigations. For instance, we know Roger Stone uh, it has a trial upcoming. In early November. And one wonders if Giuliani might be on that list, because uh, uh, friends of Giuliani have been <laughs> attempting to leave the country... Uh, on one-way tickets. 
one-way plane tickets. Yeah, and actually it turns out that one of those two uh, Goombas uh, was Giuliani's uh, dinner date for the George H.W. Bush funeral, the one who has not been released on bail. Of the four that were arrested of Giuliani's associates, three have been released on bail, like million-dollar bail, and I, Lev, I forget the last name, uh, as has not been released on bail. Uh, there's a whole host of uh, shady activities that uh, people who live near him in Florida are now reporting. And, uh, yeah, they were uh, sitting together cheek by jowl at uh, Poppy Bush's funeral. Yeah, and one wonders about that, but uh, don't, weird. Be, don't be surprised if Vladimir Putin gives them protection, because, of course, he, in my mind, is behind the whole Ukrainian theory cockamamie thing that Trump believes, Trump and Giuliani. Get that server. Get the server. We understand that the server is in the Ukraine. Crowd, crowd strike. It's like, no, Trump's call is is demonstrative cluelessness in a bunch of areas. But this uh, January 11th report is fascinating because what they are reporting, and the Mueller uh, report had not been released yet, um, was as recently as, I'll just read a couple of sentences here, as recently as last month, prosecutors were asking witnesses about illegal foreign lobbying related to Ukraine. Another subject of questions has been whether foreigners from Ukraine and other countries use straw donors to disguise donations to the inaugural committee. Federal law prohibits foreigners from contributing to an inaugural committee. Furthermore, last month, prosecutors made a move that was seen as signaling the continuing cooperation of Sam Patton, an American consultant who had worked with Mr. Kilmanick and Russian-aligned Ukrainians looking to build the uh, ties to the Trump administration. Mr. Patton had pled guilty in late August to charges of funneling $50,000 from an unnamed foreigner who matched the description of Mr. Uh, Livo Chokin, but was described in court papers as only a prominent Ukrainian oligarch. <laughs> How disappointing. <laughs> only a prominent. Not, not a big. Well, these two uh, goons of... Uh Giuliani's uh, also Fruman have and Parnass. Uh, yes, uh, have a connection to uh, Russian oligarch now under house arrest in Vienna, who is currently uh, they're trying to extradite him here to the U.S. Uh, I think it's Dmitry Furtash. Yes, and and <coughs> he's he's been pushing this uh, server uh, nonsense as well. Amongst the uh, European cities that Giuliani has repeatedly gone to is Vienna. Mm. Ah, uh, Vienna. Not Prague, but Vienna. <laughs> um, one wonders if he's roaming around the sewers of Vienna. <laughs> like Harry Lime. Looking for Harry Lime. And the cuckoo clock. <laughs> I think the cuckoo clock is... Inside Giuliani's skull. Well, he's looking beleaguered, to say the least. And, of course, uh, he's he's going to undoubtedly be thrown under the bus by Trump at some point. Um, it was all his idea. <laughs> that, that'll be Trump's final uh, defense, trust me. Uh, as for the impeachment, you know, who really cares? 
Trump is not going to be removed uh, as president. So the question is, at this point, are the are the are the uh, House Democrats going to just simply impeach Trump? Well, I think that depends really on what sort of details emerge from these transcripts, which eventually the American people will uh, get to see. And more importantly, I want to see this go to the Senate, and let's see how the Republicans in the Senate uh, behave. Do they condone this sort of behavior? Make them vote, yes or no. Do you approve of these kinds of abuses of power? Make them sweat that out. And I think that's where you'll find out, um, again, based on what sort of details emerge, and it it doesn't look good. um, Because, you know, a lot of those people have to run for re-election and have to consider what their legacy will be. Um, it's it's one thing to go along with all the racism and the children in cages, because let's face it, the Republican Party has been perfectly comfortable with that for quite some time now. So all these other horrible, you know, uh, breaches of decency that Trump has engaged in. But one thing people don't really like is being made a fool of again and again and again. And I think that's where there is a chance, however slim, that some of those Republicans in the Senate will have to look in the mirror and go, um, how's this going to look 20 years from now? Well, and just over the weekend, you saw a member, a Republican member of the House, Mr. Rooney, who uh, I previously was unaware of, uh, stating, well, there aren't any more shades of gray here. Um he pretty much said that these he he thought that the impeachment inquiry should continue and even suggested he might vote for impeachment and then he promptly announced he's not running for re uh, another one yep another one another one so there clearly are some um defections in the ranks uh, how far it goes is anybody's guess but uh, one of the other really incredible things is this ongoing uh, catastrophe uh, in Syria uh, and that mess that Trump has created. And, of course, Trump can never do no wrong. Uh, he's now backtracking a little bit on the Syrian withdrawal, saying, well, we're going to withdraw him to, to, to northern Iraq. We'll put him right at the border. But that still doesn't explain what. It's actually going to happen with Turkey well, part of his starting whole imp- tomorrow. Yeah, for one thing. And uh, ostensibly, one of his uh, purposes in removing them was, why are they there at all? We should bring our boys home. That's well, that, what. That's something that I campaigned on. Yeah, well, that's his it's new... nonsense, because he sent a thousand people to Saudi Arabia for nothing. Yeah, just uh, last week. And I, I didn't bring this file in. I, I set it out and then omitted it from my... Uh, backpack by accident but the notion that trump is somehow ending endless wars is a complete lie uh he began bombing uh somalia uh, uh about a year and a half ago uh he has escalated troop interventions in yemen mm-hmm. um just this past week the united nations reported that american airstrikes in afghanistan were the highest in five years there is no evidence anywhere on the globe that Donald Trump ha- is trying to end endless wars. This is just a new talking point that he's created in the last uh, desperate uh, weeks, over the last de- desperate weeks. And it's fascinating to hear a candidate like Tulsi Gabbard 
used the phrase ending regime change wars because that's a very different thing that she's talking about. But there is plenty of evidence that there are Republicans that are piling money into Tulsi Gabbard's campaign because they want her to stay on stage at the debates mm. for the Democratic uh, uh, the Democratic debates because she's kind of a wild card out there. Yeah, I'm a little suspicious of her. She's I can't, a representative. Can't quite put my finger on it, but well, she worked in the military. She might be a military intelligence agent. Who knows? I kind of like Tulsi Gabbard's uh, overall political um, positions, but one begins begins to wonder. Let's remember that Jill Stein sat at a table with uh, Michael Flynn mm -hmm. in Russia. <laughs> and Vladimir Putin at that table. In 2015, in yeah. December of 2015. Michael Flynn, of course, was elevated to a prominent position in the Trump campaign uh, in 2016. And then later named national security advisor against the specific uh, warnings from a Barack Obama. <laughs> but, of course... Trump hates Obama so much that that almost guarantees that's an endorsement that Michael yeah. Flynn would be hired. And if you look at how the Trump presidency has unraveled, it started with Michael Flynn, who had lots of secret uh, alliances with Turkey because he went and put pressure on Comey. And then Comey said, wait a minute, there's some fishy stuff going on here. I don't quite trust Trump. Uh, who knows what's going on? I'm going to start taking notes. Wait a minute. Why is Donald Trump calling me in all the time? I met with Barack Obama twice. He called me twice to congratulate me because he was reappointing me, appointing me to be the head of the FBI. And I, I never met with him on any policy issues. But Trump is calling him in repeatedly and asking about loyalty. Oh, go easy on him. You yeah. know? And, of course, Comey was not playing ball with this. Comey was fired for, for, for uh, you know, false explanations, as we now know. But that's what led to the special prosecutor. And you can see this snowball effect. The cover-up is not working. It's just not working. Yeah, and, and, and real quickly, speaking of, uh, as I mentioned before, people don't like being made fools of. Uh, two things. If you look at that photo that you uh, or that meeting at the White House that you referenced at the beginning of the program, uh, the photo that was released was meant to scold Nancy uh, Pelosi and make her look like a big finger wagging meanie. If you look at the other people in that photo, uh, on, in the background are the dudes wearing the military uniforms. And they're looking at the table and you can just read the body language is very clear. It's like, I'm trying to leave my body. I know she's right. Right. I'm embarrassed to even be here. Because she what, wants to talk about serious issues right. involving Syria. And, and, and the images that are on the TV today of Kurds in desperation hurling produce yeah. at U.S. troops as they leave, you know that the U.S. servicemen and women inside those vehicles are choking back tears of shame yeah. as they drive out in that context. That's not how they want to go out. And uh, they're being embarrassed. Embarrassed. 
Well, you're never embarrassed down here when you listen to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thanks to Andrew for engineering. Get your flu shot if you haven't had one, man. Yeah. I'm going to be having this cough for another two weeks. He's it's... got that. And just a quick oh. uh, reminder that uh, in in, in uh, May, in the middle of May, it was Donald Trump that stormed out of a meeting with Nancy Pelosi right. claiming, uh, uh, complaining about phony inquiries uh, related to impeachment. Well, do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling is coming up next. Stay tuned.